Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It feels so good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. On a Wednesday morning. Amen. Thank you to all of the sponsors. Pastor Keith, Brother Freeze, or as I've known him until last night, is Brother Fries. Amen. I've seen his name on Instagram. thought he was Brother Fries. And then Brother Elder, known Brother Elder at a distance. Um, I, th- I tell you what, I think i got a new favorite singer, Brother Professor Mitch over there. Man, that guy's good. Amen. Amen. But I love these men. Love and appreciate Pastor and Sister Keith. Known them, I guess, the longest. I've known them all my life, most of my life. At least Sister Keith. And uh, I tell you what, this is a good church. I mean, all of these churches represented. I mean, revival churches. And I love to surround myself with revival-minded people. And I'll tell you what, didn't Brother Marks do a good job last night? Amen. Now, I will tell you, last night you got steak and potatoes. I hope you like chicken nuggets. Amen. Amen. So enjoyed the Word of God last night. Amen. From Brother Marks. Amen. And expecting even... Amen. God to do great things in the service tonight. Amen. First Peter chapter five and verse eight. Amen. Don't plan on being very long today. Amen. I know that uh, it's almost, well, it is 12 o'clock. I shouldn't have looked at my iPad. Is that my time or is it 11 o'clock y'all's time? All right. I've got, I've got Tennessee time, so we're good to go. Maybe your bellies ain't rumbling yet. Amen. First Peter chapter five and verse eight. Can I get a little more monitor up here? Just a little bit. Amen. First Peter chapter five and verse eight. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. First Timothy chapter two and verse one says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, Intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all their in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Amen. I'm going to talk to us for just a little bit today about how to stay alive living in the lion's den. How to stay alive living in the lion's den. Why don't we pray this morning? God, we need your anointing, Jesus. We need your touch. We need your spirit. We need your power. Help us today, Jesus. Help us today, Jesus. Help us today, Jesus. We need a divine touch of your spirit, Lord. We need a divine move of the Holy Ghost today, God. We need a touch from heaven, Jesus. We need your anointing. We need your spirit. We need your power to consume us. We need you today, Lord. We need you. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you again, amen, to all of the sponsors for the beautiful gift basket and everything. Amen. Love, amen, the revival spirit that we feel in this conference. Amen. In 1982, the Supreme Court ruled that this is a Christian nation. They made the statement that America was a Christian nation. President Woodrow Wilson stated America was born a Christian nation. President Harry S. Truman reaffirmed that statement and said this is a Christian nation. But in 2019, and we're not here to hold a political debate, but 2009, in 2009, President Barack Obama stated, 
We do not consider ourselves a Christian nation anymore. Even in 1990, 86% of Americans said they were Christians. By 2007, that was down to 78%. The decline among Christianity is greatest among the young people of today, among the youth of today. Even only 57% of young people born after 1980 even consider themselves some form of Christian. Amen. We are living in an hour where kids are making more money selling drugs in their high school and then, then, then they, then they could ever make at a grocery store or anything that I did when I was growing up. Amen. They're making more money selling drugs in high schools and that their parents are selling drugs at their secular jobs or quitting good jobs to sell drugs. Amen. Alcoholism is an epidemic that has spread all across America and into our public high schools. Amen. Alcoholism is an epidemic. Amen. Alcohol is promoting domestic violence. It's promoting drugs and rape and by the thousands every second of the day. Amen. Pornography is no longer just made available at the top shelf of a magazine rack, but it's five seconds away from most everybody in this building today. Amen. Every second there's 28,258 people viewing pornography on the internet. Amen. We're living in bad times. Amen. Sex crimes are filling our news feed. Amen. I, I was thinking this morning. Amen. I was thinking this morning as I picked up the USA Today and read the funny man. Bill Cosby is the cover story. Amen. Of our United States or the USA Today paper. Amen. Perversion is invading our nation. Just a few weeks back, the cover story on the USA Today's phone out was Obama nominates the first openly gay army head. Amen. Homosexuality is no longer, amen, this hidden thing that nobody knows about. But it's being made vocal and people are, uh, I'm telling you, in my little small town of, of just a few thousand people, amen, they're coming out of the closet every day. Amen. And now they're accepting it in the armed forces of the United States of America. Homosexuality is no longer the don't, don't ask, don't tell policy. Amen. But they're accepting it and America is accepting it. They're not only accepting it, but they're celebrating this spirit. Amen. Eight million Americans happily reported, I think it was this year, that they are homosexual. You know why I'm preaching things like this this morning? It's because this is the world that we live in. You say it can't happen in the cowboy state. I'm telling you, it's happening everywhere you look. You say it can't happen here or there. I'm telling you, open your eyes because it's happening. Look around. It's happening. It's happening in our schools. It's happening in our churches. It's happening in our pews. And we've got to wake up and realize we are living in the last days. We are living in the last days. Within the last few months, Facebook profiles has turned rainbow colored in a lot of your friends. You say it ain't happened. I've seen it happen. I had to go through there deleting friends. People that you would have never dreamed. Kids and adults that we would never dream would follow that lifestyle. I'm telling you, you say, hey, I'm not scared to preach against homosexuality. It's creeping in our churches. Amen. We're seeing men of God walk away from Bible stands and pulpits and step into a world of STDs and AIDS. Amen. Why is it happening? It's because it's a perversive spirit that's filtering throughout our teenagers and throughout our youth groups, throughout our churches. And we've got to take a stand against homosexuality. We've got to take a stand against perversion. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. 
Paul told Timothy, he said, I am persuaded the same unfeigned faith that lived on in your grandmother lives on in you. And I'm persuaded in Cheyenne, Wyoming, that there's still some young people that's got their foot on the rock and got their minds made up. They're going to serve God come hell or high water. Remember, we are, we are coming in contact with a spirit that has created an epidemic that's spreading all across our world. I'm going to tell you, parents, you, you don't, don't kid yourself. There's homosexuality, homosexual acts being practiced in your kids' schools. I'm telling you, I know of people in our youth group that has experienced this spirit. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm declaring war against that spirit. Your co-workers, friends at school, you say, not me, not my job, not my state. You'd be surprised. I, our church is in Union City, Tennessee, but I live in Hickman, Kentucky. And one of our, one of our county clerks just a few weeks back made, made uh, big news, Kim Davis. I mean, but it's a sad day when people like Kim Davis are being imprisoned and Caitlyn Jenner is being celebrated. We're living in bad times. Preachers are told they can't preach against it. Teachers are told they got to teach it's okay. Government, government officials are being persecuted and imprisoned for refusing it. Gay marriage is here. The homosexual is gaining rights and we are losing rights. We are living in a generation that will hang you if you kill a lion. But they're killing unborn babies by the thousands every second of the day. Just a few weeks back, the Lord laid Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 on my heart. It said, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Amen. This scripture is prophetic to the generation that we are living in today. The liberal, if it feels good movement, has swept across America. And it's slowly creeping into our churches. If it feels okay, let's do it. I'm telling you young people, we are the Timothy of this generation. And if we don't preserve this holiness way, if we don't preserve the apostolic doctrine, amen, what will happen to the Pentecostal movement 20 years from now? I'll be 30 years old my birthday and in the last, in 30 years times have changed. Things that I did 10 and 12 years ago they just don't do it anymore. We're living in changing times. Church is no longer important. Standards are old fashioned. I've got a 19-year-old brother, most of you a lot of you know him Madison. Madison Went to see a girl just a few weeks back. He's he is uh, he is um, he's got a ladies ministry, and he, he went to see a girl here a while back. And he come back and he began to tell my dad. He said, "You know," he said, "I went to this church and he said I'm telling you, it just wasn't real." He said they 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 had the right music, they had the right beat, they had the right singing. I'm going to tell you something. The anointing that we felt when these kids was up here singing today, these young adults, we better, we better, we better thank God for the anointing. Amen. 
But we're living in a generation where people will spend three hours practicing, but about five minutes praying. We're living in a generation where it's all about the form and the, the act and the, the, the way it looks, the way it sounds. I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing churches that was founded on prayer. I'm seeing preachers that preached in our pulpit, my dad's pulpit, that was rooted in prayer, settle for something that just ain't right. Preachers that's preached truth, preachers that's preached in our church, starting to see things in a different light. They're walking away from this glorious truth. I'm going to tell you something, young people. The national anthem can bring doodads. The national anthem can make you feel emotional, but it's the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's going to bring the power down. It's the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the anointing is what breaks the yoke. If you want to be free, like Brother Mark said last night, you've got to tap into the anointing. You've got to tap into the anointing. We can't just come and sing a pretty song. We can't just come and look just right. Amen. We've got to tap into the anointing. And the anointing comes when we pray. You've got to learn to pray, young people. You've got to learn to pray. We're living in a day... That some kids know more about the lives of homosexual movie stars than they do about the book of Acts. They can tell you more about the Denver Broncos football team than they can the 12 disciples. We are living in perilous times. We are living in dangerous times. We are living in the lion's den. We are living in the lion's den. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 said, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We are living in the lion's den, young people. Everywhere you go, the devil's there. You go to school, he's there. You go to work, he's there. You get home and get behind your computer screen, he's there. He's behind every Snapchat. He's behind every private message. He's behind your Facebook page. He's behind your Google app. He's behind your Instagram searches. He's behind that compliment you receive at school. He's behind that lustful comment you receive at work. The devil's everywhere. And he's watching. He's waiting. You think nobody's around? The line's there. You think nobody sees it? You think nobody hears it? I promise you the line's there. He's watching every move you make. He's watching every step you take. He's watching one moment of weakness and the line's got you. He wants you to be the next one hooked on pornography. He wants you to be the next one on the sex offender list. He wants you to, I'm speaking plain because we live in a plain world. He wants you to be the next homosexual at school. He wants you to leave your husband and step into a world of STDs. He wants you to be pregnant out of wedlock. He wants your family split up. He wants your lifetime of purity expelled and just crumbled by five minutes of pleasure. Young people, the devil wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants your choir voice. Amen. Taken to the karaoke bars. I'm telling you, your dreams of marrying a preacher could be gone in five seconds. Your dreams of preaching the gospel could be crumbled in five seconds. The devil's watching. He's waiting. He's looking. He's searching. Young people, the lion is there. We're living in lion country. They was talking last night at the table about lions. 
Begin to talk about how you got to stalk. You got to watch every move they make or they'll get you. In my brief study of lions, I've realized they always usually attack the young. The weak or the injured. He wants you, young man. He wants you, young lady. He wants you, young married couple. He wants you, young preacher. He's scared of what you might grow up to be. I'm telling you, the lion is scared of the future. He's got to kill the, he's got to kill the bear when it's a cub because he knows when the bear grows, he's got to fight on his hands. So he wants to devour you at a young age. I'm telling you, I know what it is to see a 14 year old young man in my church. Good young man, a prayer warrior. But somewhere along the line, he forgot to pray. At 14 years old, he become a daddy. This happened in my church. Thank God he held on to the truth and he's living for God with a baby now. But I'm telling you, it happens. But you know what? It's going to be the grace of God. You know what? He's got to, he, when he goes to peak conference, before he ever gets a phone number from a girl, he's got to let them know, I got a baby at home. Or you might be able to live with it, but I'm telling you, it comes with consequences. He's scared of what you may grow up to be. He don't want you to be the next bus driver. He don't want you to be the next preacher. He don't want you to be the next preacher's wife. He don't want you to be the next teacher, the next outreach worker. So he's watching. He's behind every limb. He's behind every bush. He's watching. He's waiting. He knows exactly where you're at. He wants you, young person. He wants you, young preacher's son. He wants to prey on you. He wants to kill you. He wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you. Lions prey on the weak. He's watching our weaknesses. One day without prayer. One day is all it takes. One day without prayer. And he says, they didn't eat right today. They ain't got the strength they need for me today. He's watching. He's waiting. You know why it's so hard to overcome temptation in some of your lives? It's because you don't know how to pray. He's watching. He's waiting. He's just waiting on the right time. And when it hits, it's done. When he hits, you say, I can survive this. My dad's a preacher. My, my mom leads worship. My dad's a drummer. I'm telling you, I can survive this. I'm telling you, you can't survive a line attack. You've got to build strength on your own. You can't depend on mama and daddy. You can't depend on grandma and grandpa. You've got to live for God for yourself. You've got to make it up in your mind. As for me in my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. There come a point in time in my life that I had to live for God for myself. I couldn't hang on to the coattails of mama and daddy. I had to touch him for myself. Thomas said, Thomas said, unless I touch him for myself, I won't believe. Unless you, if you really want to believe in God, if you really want to experience God, you've got to reach out and touch him. When Thomas touched him, he knew he had come in contact with the creator of the universe. He knew he had come in contact with the deliverer, the way maker. He had touched the Lord. He had touched the Lord. 
He couldn't live off the other disciples' testimony. He couldn't live off Mary and Martha's testimony. He said, I got to touch him. I've got to touch him for myself. I got to touch him for myself. What are you going to do when mom and daddy ain't around and it's one and two in the morning and you get that message on the phone and who looks to be a 18 year old hunk is a 40 year old pervert. I'm telling you, I'm speaking real world. I'm speaking real times. I'm speaking of what we're experiencing. You say it can't happen to me. It's happening every day. You got to touch him for yourself. You can't live off of mom and daddy. Can't live off of grandma and grandpa. You've got to touch God for yourself. One day without prayer, he sees it. He knows every service you miss. He knows that in a moment of weakness, your dreams of preaching's down the drain. In a moment of weakness, your dreams of starting a family is down the drain. Having a wife and kids... You know why I'm preaching this? Because I believe there's some good young people here this morning. That God wants to take to another level. But I want to let you know the lions are here. We're living in the lion's den. The lion's watching every move you make. He'll wait all night if he needs to wait, Brother Marks. He prays on the young. He prays on the weak. He prays on the injured. When you get injured, he's watching. He watches your attitude towards your man of God. He watches your attitude towards the preacher. He loves it when you say say things like this. He ain't my dad. He ain't got to tell me how to live. I got this figured out. He prays on the injured. You get bitterness towards your man of God. I'm telling you, the lion's watching you. You better love your man of God with everything that's in you. Young people, your man of God ought to be your hero. If he says that, you say, I may not understand it, but I'm going to do it because I want to be saved. I want to be saved. He prays on the injured. I'm a grown man. Ain't nobody going to tell me how to live. He's watching you. He's waiting. Lions have a sensitive nose that allows them to locate kills by other predators. It helps them locate the prey. I read an article about, it was two or three months ago, from DailyMail.com that stated big game cats like lions and tigers are attracted to Calvin Klein's obsession cologne. I read that. I would have never known that if I wouldn't have read it. But said more than any other fragrance, scientists have found that they are attracted to this cologne. The story went on to say it's used by field conservationists to lure these lions in. I then began, it struck my interest, and I began to read about the smell factor that is involved in the obsession cologne. When I read this, it is a citrus mixture that includes tangerine and grapefruit and lime and all these other things that are a citrus smell. And some of you probably wear that today, so don't go hiking. (laughs) Grapefruit is considered a bitter fruit. Bergamot, if I'm saying that right, is considered a bitter fruit. And most any of these fruits that you can find that was mixed into this 
cologne fragrance produces a bitter taste, a bitter smell. You get bitter towards your man of God. You get bitter towards your preacher. I'm talking to you, young adult. Talking to your husband, wife. You get bitter towards your man of God. The line's there. And he's right up under the tree. Bitterness. Bitterness. Lines are attracted to bitterness. He's just waiting on the right moment, the right opportunity. In my brief study of lines, I've realized their attack is swift. It's fast. It happens before you even know it. The lines on its prey, it's pinned down without the prey even realizing what's happened. Until it's done, done. All of a sudden you hear a scream, you hear a scream, you hear a, a shrill faint. And all of a sudden it's, it's all gone. You don't hear anything else because it's done. Everything happens so quick. I'm telling you this morning, the devil, when he makes his move. And if some of you today don't learn how to stay alive in the lion's den. It's going to be too late. There's nothing we can do about the day and hour that we live in. We live in a perverted world. We live in a sin-sick world. I was talking about outreach a while ago. You know why it's important to go out every week? Because there's people that need Jesus every week. Outreach ain't something we just do before Easter. It's something that should be done every week, young people. That's another message for another time. But he's out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We just got to learn how to stay alive. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 7 says, All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors, the captains have us consulted together to establish a royal statute. And to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any, man, of any God or man for 30 days. Save O thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. How many knows this scripture sounds prophetic to the day that we are living in? Christians are being persecuted just for being Christians. Verse 8 says, Now O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it may not change according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. I'm going to tell you there's a lot of things being signed right now that would blow your mind if you really knew it. Verse 10 says, Now when Daniel knew the writing was signed, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, Daniel knew what was going on around him. The Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant. Daniel knew what was happening. The Bible says in verse 10, He went into his house. And his windows being opened in the chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. And gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. The Bible says as he did aforetime. Daniel was praying before the decree was ever signed. A prayer life has to go beyond troubled times young people. I'm going to tell you it's easy to touch God when you've got things going on in your life. It's easy to get a breakthrough when you've got trouble in your life. But a prayer life's got to go beyond troubled times. A prayer life's got to go beyond. It's got to go beyond just praying at the altar on Sunday night before church. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 16 says, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually... 
he will deliver thee. And the stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den of, and the king sealed it with his own signet. And with the signet of his lords that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. We're going to skip down to verse 19. Then the king rose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. And he came into the den and he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions. Verse 21, then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel. And I shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. Daniel's enemies, I'm coming to a close very quickly. Daniel's enemies had thought up a plan. They had made a new law for the king to sign. The law said that everyone had to pray to King Darius and to him only. And anyone that disobeyed would be cast into the den of lions. But the new law made no difference to Daniel. We all know the story. He did what he always did. He kept praying. Telling you in the midst of the battle, just keep praying. In the midst of the test, just keep praying. Daniel kneeled by that open window three times a day. And I don't believe that Daniel's prayer was just a now lay me down to sleep prayer. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I don't know if it's just me, but it's hard to, to just pray little prayers and get through the day. You got to pray intercessory prayers. You got to pray till you touch God. I woke up at five something this morning. I knew it was time to pray. I knew it was time to touch God. I'm telling you young people, you got to go beyond. God, I love you, Jesus. God, I praise you, Jesus. Moving this service. You got to learn to pray. You got to learn to break through to some things. I believe it was intercessory prayer. Young people, if there's ever been a time that we need to pray, it's now. The Bible says the leaders rushed. They took Daniel to the den of lions. But a few days later, King Darius came. He said, Daniel, are you still living? He said, I live on, O king, because God has shut the lion's mouth. Amen. I'm going to cut straight to my point and let you know today. If you're going to survive in this up and coming year, you've got to learn how to pray. If you're going to make it in 2016, you've got to learn how to pray. I'm telling you, young people, when the church starts praying, hell starts trembling. When the church prays the fire down, hell starts trembling. The line has to back up. The line runs when he hears somebody praying. If you're going to get a breakthrough in 2016, you've got to pray. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. When nobody else is praying, just keep praying. When nobody's looking, just keep praying. The lion's watching. He's waiting. But if you can survive the lion's den, you've got to have a prayer life. Give God a hand clap of praise this morning. If you're going to stay alive in 2016 in the lion's den, you've got to have a prayer life. If you're going to live in 2016, you've got to have a prayer life. If you don't want to be another story in somebody's message, you've got to have a prayer life. You've got to pray when nobody else is praying. You've got to pray when nobody's looking. I'm going to tell you something, young preachers. You know what changed my ministry? It's when I learned how to pray. You say, I, I ain't bragging. I'm telling you what prayer will do for you today. When you pray, things begin to happen, Brother Keith. 
When the church is on their knees, remain standing. When young people are praying, you've got the power to resist the devil and he has to flee. Drug addiction can't control you. Peer pressure can't control you. Homosexual spirits can't control you. Bitterness can't control you. You've got the power to tell the line to get out of your life. To get out of your room. To get out of your thoughts. To get out of your worship. To get out of your family. Because greater is he that lives within me than he that's in the world. I want to tell you something, young people. The devil's not scared of fancy singing and pretty preaching and looking good. But he's scared to death of a young people that's got a prayer life. He's scared to death of a young man that says, I'm going to pray. It don't matter if I ain't slept all day. I'm going to pray. It don't matter if I did homework all night. I'm going to pray. If you're going to survive, you got to get a prayer life. The lion could not open his mouth when Daniel was praying. No matter what happens in this world, a prayer warrior will survive. No matter what goes on in this world, a prayer warrior will survive. I believe Daniel's prayer life is the only thing, the only thing that kept him alive. The lion's ability to devour was resting on Daniel's devotion to God. Young people, if you don't develop a prayer life, as they play this morning, if you don't develop a prayer life, I'm telling you, you can't live for God without prayer. You can't survive school without prayer. You can't, you can't survive peer pressure without prayer. You know why preachers are walking away from pulpits and stepping into a world of just sickness? It's because they didn't pray. Do you know why teenagers are stepping away from the anointing of the Holy Ghost and settling for some fake emotion? It's because they did not pray. Somebody asked me here a while back, they said, why is this happening? Why is people leaving? It's because they're not praying. you got to pray. you got to pray, young people. The devil's uncomfortable around prayer. The devil's uncomfortable. The name of Jesus always sends him running. Philippians 2 and verse 9 says, Wherefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. I'm telling you, when you proclaim the name of Jesus in prayer, pornography's got to leave your mind. When you proclaim the name of Jesus, lust has got to flee your mind. When you proclaim the name of Jesus, your ministry can succeed. You can grow in God. You can be a strong vessel of honor. For the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Ephesians 6 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 18 says, Pray always, always, With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, in the Spirit, in the Spirit. We can't just settle for prayer. We got to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to be transparent here to you. I'm 
29 years old. I started preaching at 17. I'm the associate pastor at our church. God's blessed my ministry. But I'm going to tell you something, Brother Elder. Until I got a revelation of what real prayer was, I did not see real growth in my ministry. I'm telling you, young people, I believe there's people, I believe there's leaders among us today. I believe there's great leaders among us. The next great preachers, the next Cody Marks may be right here. The next great preachers, the next great song leaders, the next great worshipers are founded in prayer. It's founded in prayer. It's rooted in prayer. I'm going to tell you something. We said it earlier. The national anthem can bring emotion. But the anointing of the Holy Ghost is what brings the power. It's what brings the power. Brother Mitchell, keep the anointing. Young people, keep the anointing. This group from Brother Freeze, keep the anointing. When you play, don't ever try to sing without the prayer life. Don't ever try to play music without a prayer life. Don't ever get the choir off without a prayer life. You watch and see what will happen in your youth group when young people start praying. You know what I won't hear this morning? You know what I won't hear this morning? We always talk about New Year's resolutions. But why don't we make a New Year's revolution? Why don't we turn our city upside down? Why don't we turn our community upside down? I'm going to tell you, you say, I want to be used of God. When I started praying in a prayer meeting, God gave me a burden for bus ministry. I went from one bus with nobody. Now we're busting in 100 to 200 kids every Sunday. You know where that was found? It wasn't found sitting at home on Facebook. Oh, I don't give God, I give God the glory. It ain't nothing for me. God could use anybody. He used a donkey. He ain't going to have me. But I'm telling you, it was rooted in a prayer life. I made it up in my mind in a prayer meeting. God showed me. He said, hey, here, here's what the bus needs to look like. This In a prayer meeting, I began to see a vision of what our bus. I said, God, I want to have 10 vans. We got eight vans and two buses now. So we got 10. We just got two buses. I'm telling you, God begins to do things in a prayer meeting. God begins to do things in a prayer meeting. You say, you say, I want a, I want a New Year's re- resolution. Turn your city upside down. You need to come up here this morning. I can't make any of you pray, but I want, the, I want the young people, if you will. I want you to come around this front. And when you get around here, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to forget about who's around you. I want you to forget about who's watching you. And I want ever, all the adults that will come in around these young people. I don't want you thinking about nothing but Jesus right now. Nothing but your calling, what God's calling you to do. And I want you to begin to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to tell you something. Praying in the Spirit sometimes requires us getting ugly. It requires us saying, Jesus! Letting Him hear you. Come on, I want to hear some young people praying right now. Come on, I want to hear some young people praying. Prayer in the Spirit. Prayer in the Spirit brings the anointing, and the anointing breaks the yoke. You come here bound this morning. You come here bound this morning. The anointing will break the yoke for you. Come on, pray until you tap into the anointing. Pray until you tap into the Spirit. Come on, young people. God's calling leaders here this morning. 